G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. As we do on a Thursday, we like to check in with Family Voice Australia. Greg Bondar is in Uluru. Hello, Greg. Welcome back to 2020. Oh, good morning, Neil. I hope you can hear me from the outback, you, so to speak. Um, <laughs> but a uh, yeah, beautiful day, but wow, we're, we're in the middle of nowhere, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not in the middle of nowhere, Greg. You are somewhere <laughs> right in the centre of all the action that's happening around Australia. Hey, you've been escorting, was it 37 Christians on a tour of the outback? Mm. Give us a little insight into what you've been doing. Yes, yeah, thank you, Neil. Look, um, Family Voice... Uh, uh, through me has been hosting 37 Christians uh, in conjunction with an organisation called Christian Fellowship Tours, Neil. And, and what we've done is really brought these people together and uh, said, come on, let's go out to the outback and have a look at what, you know, what is happening in terms of faith ministry uh, by a number of really dedicated people. Now, Neil, it's such a such a uh, wonderful story, you know. We started off in Dubbo and we visited the Royal Flying Doctor Service, as you know, which was started by Presbyterian Reverend John Flynn. Look, we went to Broken Hill and, wow, I went to St Peter's Anglican Church. I took the group there and, lo and behold, it was St Peter's Day as well. So um, I got to meet the uh, the local bishop. Now, he's electorate. It's huge, the Diocese of... Uh, Broken Hill and the Outback is huge, and uh, Donald Kirk I met there, and I have to tell you, Neil, that it's just absolutely wonderful. You know, when you've got a, a diocese as, as large as Broken Hill, Tipperborough, White Cliffs and Wilcannia, and uh, Bishop Donald Kirk travels, tries to get to each one uh, twice a year. So, look, it's been fantastic, Neil, and I've got more to tell you, but, but I've just got to tell you that it really opens your eyes up, Neil, to the work being done by just ordinary Christians to try and spread the word uh, that, you know, in, in regions that are less fortunate than we are in the urban areas, Neil. And, you know, affirming something so, so special and important, Greg, that we're not just talking to people mm. in the big cities. It seems to be that's where all the decisions get made and all the political activities going on. But, hey, connecting with people in the outback, and no doubt you've had all sorts of conversations. Have the conversations been about some of the sorts of things we often talk about? Oh, absolutely, Neil. It's interesting how it uh, doesn't matter where you're located, whether it's in the Flinders Ranges or Woomera, um, people there are still talking about issues that affect their faith. And I know at a little church, Neil, called a little town called Peterborough, uh, near the Flinders Ranges, uh, the Peterborough Community Christian Church, you know, Neil, they hosted all 37 of us and they had home-cooked meals. Um, they were just down-to-earth people. There were some Aboriginal locals there that we fed as well. And uh, it, was, it actually brought tears to my eyes, um, Neil, because it was so humbling to see these people 
caring for their community and then and lo and behold we'll go to Woomera and then off to Cooper Pedy. Now the Catacomb Church, you probably heard about it there, but there's a lovely lady there that I met, Reverend Faye Donaldson. Uh, as you know the church was opened up in 1978 and it's part of the uh, Diocese of Willocra. And uh, Neil, I just have to tell you, you know, that again, underneath, you know, underground, if you know what April Miles, my, my, Mines are like, uh, there's a church with just ordinary pedestrian seating and the pews are made out of, uh, you know, logs from timber found. And Neil, it brings tears to your eyes that people are out there spreading the gospel now. Greg, something awesome about being in the Australian outback too, and I know you've got your own love for God's creation, uh, the stars, the geography. What have you been feeling as you've been there uh, under those big skies in the outback? Well, Neil, I'm glad you asked because see, what's been happening is each day we, we get into the bus and then uh, you know we sort of take off, but Part of my role is I, I provide a devotional each day. And I have to say that, you know, one of the, one of the devotions I did, on, I think it might have been the second day, was on Psalm 8. Now, for those that know Psalm 8, it's the only psalm that starts and finishes with the same verse, you know. Uh, Lord, our God, our Lord, you know, how wonderful, how majestic your name is above in all the heavens. And, you know, when we're out there in the outback and you look up and you see the the Milky Way, the, you know, the Southern Cross. And, and, and now you have to ask yourself, if you go to Psalm 8 and you have a look at Psalm 8, you will see that God created all this so that when we marvel at the stars and the sun and the landscape and the ochre, you know, the red earth, and, you know, you've got to marvel them, yes, but you've got to give thanks to the Creator that made all these things. And, Neil, no better place to do it than the outback where you can actually see God's creation and his handiwork and wow, Neil, it brings me closer, I have to tell you, <laughs> to, to, to my faith. Yeah. Well, anyone who is in more remote locations around the country knows that in the outback you get to see the stars much more clearly than you do when you're under those city lights. Uh, wonderful to hear that and uh, all the best for that journey. And just one quick mention here because uh, you yeah. mentioned you're there doing this tour with Christian Fellowship yep. Tours, are they doing tours yep. that uh, listeners might be able to connect with and go and visit some of these great mission locations? So just uh, quickly, uh, you're doing this in conjunction yeah. with them. Yeah, look, um, um, John Cronshaw and I, John Cronshaw, of course, is, uh, is, is, the, is the tour leader because it's a Christian Fellowship Tours. And we got together and sort of planned out a, a, a sort of a program that would, uh, you know, uh, appeal to Christians and they do various other faith tours. Well, all their tours are faith tours, whether it's uh, overseas or local, but domestically they do quite a lot. And uh, now I might even introduce John to you one day and you can have a chat to him yourself. But I have to tell you that it's amazing the dedication that people do have to, to, to have people visit the outback and visit various parts of Australia where, you know, the gospel is on show. Well, John's name is familiar to me. I'm pretty sure I've spoken to John before, but yes, I'll look forward to an introduction and we'll talk some more about those sorts of tours. If you can connect us, that's wonderful. Hey, uh, Greg, the biggest, biggest issue that has been 
yeah. come to light this week really is around the census details. Mm. Uh, the Australian Bureau of Statistics, they've begun to release detail about last year's census. And while there's so much more than just a religious affiliation that's important to listeners of this program, uh, one of those things that we do want to focus on this week has been just how the numbers of those identifying as Christian, has fallen once again in the census, this time down to around 44% of Australians identifying as Christian. Uh, how were you feeling when those results came to light? Now, Neil, you, you will remember, because I know you've got a good memory, we spoke about this last year, and I made the prediction then, Neil, that it is not right that the Australian Bureau of Stats would leave out the question, make, so leave, leave the question on religion, non-mandatory. In other words, once you tell people you don't have to answer the question on your religion, then people won't do it. They'll just say no religion at all. Now, Neil, I, I predicted this and said so what's happened is when you have a question that is non-mandatory, people are not going to answer it and therefore the results are going to be skewed in the sense that it's going to say, oh, look, Religion's fallen from 60% down to 44 But, Neil, that was almost intended because there's a real campaign against the anti-Christian lobby. And, and you remember we spoke about it, that they, they were saying, let's do not tick the religion box. Do not tick it. You know, make sure that you put, put tick no religion. So I am not surprised by the statistics, but I don't think it reflects true faith in the Australian community, Neil. Well, you know, someone's belief or their personal faith uh, is something that's personal to them. And if they feel as though uh, responding to that may well put them into a statistic that says maybe this can be traced as things are changing quite dynamically in our nation, then uh, you might be inclined to be a little secretive about that. That is something I imagine that, uh, you know, you can look at this on a lot of different angles. That's one of those that people might not respond even truthfully to a question like that. Yeah, I, I, look, Neil, I, I've heard that argument before. I don't, I don't believe it is valid in the sense that, you know, if you feel that way, then you're not going to answer any question truthfully, you know, uh, because a census is really needed. Now, we need to know the faith in Australia, you know, for infrastructure, for schools, for, for religious uh, or faith or Christian hospitals, aged care centres, community centres. Now, if we don't know the true figure for the number of Christians... In particular, you know, of, 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 um, of, of Outback Australia, for example, where I am now, we don't know what infrastructure to build. So I am really saying to the ABS, and I'm going to make this point strongly with the new minister as well, that in the next census, that it is mandatory, Neil, that the question on religion be ticked. Now, if you can have, you know, no religion or whatever, make sure it's ticked. Once you give the people the option of not ticking, they won't do it. And I think it's going to give a false reading to all those planners that want to, you know, set up schools and hospitals uh, from a faith-based organisation. So, Neil, it's very... And, and, and now I'm reading everybody's criticising. Oh, look at that. You know, Christianity's fallen. Ha, ha, ha. We told you so. Well, it hasn't fallen. 
It's just not been reflected truthfully, Neil. Well, uh, there are those who go to church, uh, and that's probably a better indication of uh, the substance of someone's faith. Uh, the numbers, mm. of course, uh, 44% Australians who'll identify, but they don't go to church, so they may not actually know anything more than those who are outside of that statistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is concerning, though, Greg, uh, the rise of those mm. who have ticked the no-religion box uh, the rise of the nuns, as it became known a census yep. or two ago. Yep. And, and, of course, uh, you know, the numbers have been falling in every census since 1911. So it's not something we expect necessarily is going to be a huge rise unless there's revival. But the rise of the nuns is a concern and uh, ought to uh, help us appreciate the importance of sharing faith in mm. Australia. Any thoughts around the rise of the, uh, the no yeah. religions? Yeah, look, I'm not surprised with the increase in the nuns, but uh, having said that, don't forget Christianity is still the number one uh, uh, religion in Australia with 44%. But the nuns, Neil, it actually shows you that God has got their, God, he's got, he's got his hands on those people that are undecided because, you see, the more the secular society keeps telling you that, you, you know, you, you don't need to have a faith, you don't need to put partake in your church, you don't need to go to a Christian school, you don't need to go to a Christian hospital, the more people will start to tick the nuns. Now, I think that's really disturbing. And do you know what, Neil? I think it's up to each and every one of us to get the nuns to start to come back to church, start to express their faith. And also, now, as I said, I don't care if you're Anglican, Catholic or Presbyterian. I was reading in the Catholic Week today, Neil, on, on how important it is that we continue to express our faith, and I think that that is the job ahead of us as Christians in, uh, in the next census coming up. I think there's a great challenge in that. Invite the nuns back to church. <laughs> nuns, mm. as in N-O-N-E-S, just in case yeah, you think we're right. confusing that with a Roman Catholic nun, but invite those who <laughs> ticked the no-religion box uh, to go back yeah. to church. Yeah. Hey, one more big issue to touch on, and something's developed around one of the schools in Sydney. It's a Sydney mm. Anglican school, mm. St. Catherine's School, and yeah. this is a little bit disturbing because it looks as though the school wants to include the teachings of Jesus in a statement that affirms those things and includes marriage. But it seems to be the school's population is with an LGBT focus on these things and trying to reject that. Uh, what are your thoughts around developments at St. Catherine's School? Yeah, very quickly, Neil. This is City City Point revisited. Uh, I grew up uh, next to St Catherine's. By the way, I went to Waverley Primary School, just uh, well, you know, fifty metres away. So I know St Catherine's well. But what we've got here, Neil, is again secular LGBTIQA parents trying to impose on a school which already has its own ethos, its own faith, its own morals uh, set in stone, so to speak. You've got these parents now wanting to change the ethos of the school. Now, this is not happening. It cannot happen. The Anglican Diocese has made the point that they believe that marriage is between a male and a female. Full stop. For anyone to try to change that is really trying to change biblical history, trying to change the Bible itself, which is not on, Neil. So I am very, very cranky about this, and I'm going to write to various um, organisations to to make sure that they continue to fight for the school to be able to maintain its religion in terms 
as set out by the Anglican Diocese. And, and, we, and I put out a press release now totally supporting this, the, the Anglican Diocese in making sure that they are not diverted away from their cr- true faith. And that is that, uh, you know, wed- uh, uh, weddings and marriages between a male and a female now. Well, you've got a Christian school and they have a statement of faith. It's biblically aligned and agrees with the teachings of Jesus. So then within the school community, which is trying to be loving and embracing to people who have Mm. uh, same-sex attracted children, uh, so there is a sense which Christian schools try to be inclusive. But as soon as you've got that happening in the school, somebody agitates uh, to say you should reject your statement of faith, uh, a biblical alignment, an alignment to Jesus, and sign an inclusion and diversity policy. That sounds just yeah. mm. outrageous, doesn't it, that uh, that you might have groups within a Christian school trying to overturn the Christian statement of faith. Yeah, absolutely. Now, if you've got a daughter or, or a son or whatever, but if you've got a daughter, why send her to a Christian school if you're not going to believe in the ethos of that school? Now, the problem with inclusivity, Neil, is it is always at the expense of your faith. Now, I am not prepared to forego my faith at the expense of inclusivity. Now, I love those people that are LGBTIQA. Absolutely love them as people. But I don't love what they do, for example. So, really, the school has to maintain, expand, do not give in, and keep the faith, Neil. So for parents who have their children in a Christian school, this may be an indicator of the sort of secular weapon that is now being drawn against Christians, uh, where these same-sex parents appear to be arguing that their children in a Christian school are being taught a doctrine contrary to the law, all right? So the law changes around marriage, the law changes around uh, sex and gender, all of those things we talk about frequently. And now that mm. being used as a weapon to uh, use against the Christian school uh, standing by a faith policy based on the Bible and the teachings of Jesus. So, you know, it's a matter of get ready because that space, no okay. doubt, is going to be a significant one in the times to come. Uh, Greg, wonderful getting your insights as always. Going to leave you to have a wonderful time in Uluru. And uh, those 37 Christians you've got on your tour of the outback, just absolutely fabulous, visiting churches, Aboriginal missions. And for listeners who want to be in touch with that Christian organisation that's running those tours, Christian Fellowship Tours, run by John Cronshaw, uh, you might want to Google that and connect with John too and find out how you can be a part of one of those tours. And let me point people to Family Voice Australia. The website is familyvoice.org.au. Greg Bondar is Family Voice State Director for New South Wales and the ACT. Greg, thanks so much for your update today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Every blessing. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.